Thank you for tuning in to Dream City Omaha Online. We hope you like this message and that it has an impact on your life. Don't forget to like and subscribe for more. everybody. How's everybody doing today? It's good to see you. Just want to say welcome to, to those of you that are our visitors or guests with us today, just joining us. Uh, I, I can't tell if we've got a lot of guests today or if we've just got a lot of people who really didn't like daylight savings this morning. It's hard for me to distinguish, but it's good to see you. Um, it's good to be with you. It's good to be back home. Last week, we started a new series called If Only I Had Blank. And uh, Angel and I were out of town. I had a friend of mine, Jed Mullinex. He came and he preached. And we started this series by talking about If Only I Had Another Chance. And he did a phenomenal job. Did you appreciate that message last week? Talking about regret and, and pointing us back to God's faithfulness and his loving kindness, how that he can take those and, and use that to, to bring uh, our attention back to him. And, and just a great message. Today we're going to be continuing. We're going to be talking about if only I had more time. I think there's a lot of people who lament and wish for more time. And, and I promise you, I did not plan this, but I think it's appropriate. We're talking about more time on Daylight Savings Day. Uh, if ever there was a time for us to write our congressmen and women, it would be to get a vote on this whole ending daylight savings time already. We're tired of it. Uh, those of you that have been waiting six months for the clock in your car to be right again, <laughs> congratulations, today is that day. I know you are out there because Christian is, uh, is our, our media director. And a couple, couple months ago, we were driving to lunch and I looked at the clock on his, in his truck and I was like, dude, that's an hour off. He's like, I know, I just never change it. <laughs> so I changed it, which today now, Christian, you're either gonna have to wait another six months for it to be right or go back and, and change it again. Um, but before we get started, before we get too far into it, as, as customary around here, if you're just joining us, every week we start with a dad joke because laughter prepares the brain for learning. And so, uh, so today to get us ready to get into God's word, what do you call a zombie who writes music? Carter in the back. What do you call a zombie who writes music? A, de a decomposer, for those of you that couldn't hear it. Zombie that writes music is a decomposer. Today we're talking about if only I had more time. Have you ever, have you ever like me, found yourself during your day busy with the tasks on your to-do list only to, to run to a baseball game or a practice and you got to run from this activity to that activity and you got to take care of this and run these errands and pick this up at the store and take care of this around the house. And it's always one thing after another. And you, you go through your day and you do so many things only to at the end of your day, sit down on the couch or get into bed. And, and it's like, man, I was so busy today, but what did I really do? Have you ever been there? You ever done a lot, but not really sure what you even accomplished? Maybe your, your, your to-do list is so long. The honey-do list at home is so long. And, and the chores around the house, you've got things to get done. You have emails that you have to respond to. You have text messages that you have to get back to. You have voicemails that you have to go in and you have to click on long enough for that red number to go away because it's not about listening to the voicemail. It's just about getting that number to, to go away on your phone. Is anybody like me? 
And I love what Apple does, how it transcribes the voicemail now, because to me, if you leave me a voicemail, I'm just going to treat it like a text message and text you back because I saw your message. I didn't hear your message. I saw it. So I will text you back. Uh, and so we have all of these things. We've got the practices to go to and the things that work to, to take care of and the meals to cook and the, the shows that we have to catch up, catch up on because we're, we, we found this new series on Netflix and there's six seasons and there's 20 episodes in every season. We feel like we just hit the jackpot and we've got all of these things to do and, and we find ourselves at the end of our day saying, man, I wish I just had more time. I wish I had another hour in my day. I, I wish I just had more time to get done the things that I need to get done. And we all at one time or another have, have been able to empathize and understand what the great American philosopher, Dr. Seuss once said when he said, how did it get so late so soon? How is it already the end of the day? And there's so many things that I had the best of intentions of getting to and accomplishing and doing, but I just didn't have the time. If only I had more time. And I think the, the problem is we have this idea that if I had just another hour in my day, but do you know what you would do with that extra hour in your day? Like, like if God was to miraculously... Right? Like we read the Old Testament and God stopped the sun for the Israelites when they were at war. And we sing songs like, God, you moved in power then. God, give me an extra hour in my day so I can get some of this stuff done. If God were to do that for you and magically or miraculously, you had 24 hours in your day, you would just take that extra hour and fill it with more stuff to keep you busy. You wouldn't get done the things that you really need to or want to get done. You would just find another way to busy yourself in that time. And what I found is that, that when it comes to this idea, it's not that we need more time, we just need to stop wasting the time that we do have. It's not that there's a shortage of time. It's just that we're too frivolous with it. If only I had more time. You see, there are some people in this world that are rich because they have more money than others. There are some that are wealthy because they have more friends than others. Some that are blessed because they have more talent than others. But when it comes to time, we are all equally rich, blessed, and wealthy because there is not one of us that has more hours in the day than anybody else. We might not have the same number of days, but we can all take the 24 hours we've been given and maximize the days that God is giving us. In Luke chapter 10, there's a story about two women. And in one of them, I, I think if you were to ask her, she would, she would lament this way. If only I had more time. It's the story of Mary and her sister, Martha. And if you have been around church for a while, it's a story that you're probably at least somewhat familiar with. And if this is your first time hearing this story, don't, don't, you know, don't feel bad about it because God's word, whether you're reading it for the first time or hearing it for the hundredth time, is still able to speak truth to us. And so in, in Luke chapter 10, we're going to read it together. Verse number 38 tells us that as, as Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Who's him? Him is Jesus. So Martha is throwing a party. She's putting together a little soiree, a little dinner for Jesus and his disciples. She welcomes him into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he taught. But Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. 
She came to Jesus and she said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. But the Lord said to her, my dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all of these details. And there's only one thing worth being concerned about and Mary has discovered it and it will not be taken away from her. Lord, we thank you for your word today. I pray that over the next few short moments that you would able to do in this, in this short amount of time, what we've been trying to do, what we've been, we've been, we've been begging to do. But Lord, I, I pray that, that you would cause transformation to take place in our hearts, in our minds, in our spirits, Lord, by the power of your word at work in our lives. We know that if we, if we take it and we do your word, that's when the transformation happens. It's not just about filling our heads with knowledge, but Lord, may we be doers and not just hearers only. I pray that you would encourage us, that you would challenge us, that you would speak to us, reveal your heart and your character to us today. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. As we think about time, as I said, everybody has the same number of hours in a day. There is not one that the days are longer. I mean, you think about the most productive people in this world who are able to, to accomplish incredible things. They have 24 hours in a day. And then you think about the most unproductive person in this world. And some of you, your mind is going to your teenage son. I would, I would challenge you to, to reframe that a little bit. But but you think about the most unproductive person in this world, they have the same number of hours in a day. And it's not that the productive person has more time, but it's what they choose to do with their time. And, and if it's about what we choose to do with our time, then that tells us that really when it comes to what we do with our time, it's really a stewardship issue. And the word steward in the Bible and, and in those days simply means manager. A steward was a manager, was one who managed the affairs, the resources of, of another that had been entrusted to him. And, and today we are stewards. Yeah. Everything that we have, the Bible tells us, is a gift from God. The, the, the money that we have, the job that we have, the families that we have, the kids that we have, the time that we have, everything we have is a gift from God. It's not ours, it is his. It's his breath in our lungs which causes us to live. It's the fact that he is gracious and kind that we even woke up out of bed this morning, that we are here today. And so if his, if his, his kindness has given us this time, then we need to ask ourselves, what are we doing with this time? How are we stewarding? this time that we have. Today, I want to give you two, two important principles, two reasons why stewardship of your time is important. But then I also want to give you practicals, things that you can take home and that you can put into practice in your life today. But when it comes to, to stewardship and the, the reason why stewardship of time is important is because of this, when we fail to steward our time well, we miss out first on what God wants to do in us. When you fail to steward, to manage, to use, to maximize your time well, so often we can miss out on the things that God is wanting to do inside of us. In Luke chapter 10, we saw that, that Mary sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he taught, while the very next verse tells us that Martha was busy. She was distracted by the big dinner that she 
was preparing. Now, now imagine this scene. Jesus is passing through town. You hear Jesus is coming and you have a connection. You have a mutual friend with Jesus. And so through this mutual friend, you say, hey, you know, I, I, could, I, could, I could cook dinner for you guys and, and it'd be great. Just, just have everybody over to the house and we'll just hang out and then we can play phase 10 after dinner. It'd be great. It'll be fun time. And so, so Jesus and his boys come over. And as Jesus and his friends come over, they're out in the living room and you're in the kitchen and you've probably been there and you're pulling out serving trays and you're, you're yelling at the kids asking what happened to all of the forks and you're telling the boys to bring up the cups from their rooms downstairs because there's no cups in the cupboards. And I don't know if these are conversations that happen at your house, but it feels like every three days there's a, 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 mag- a magical time in this vortex in our house where forks and cups just disappear and now we don't have any. And so Martha's probably running around looking for the good, the good plates because she's not going to serve Jesus on paper plates. Like we can't, this is Jesus. This is the Messiah. This is God incarnate in human form. He's at my house for dinner. I'm not, I'm not making him a plate and giving it to him on paper. Get the good china out. Come on. And she's worried about all of these things. And she's like, you know, Mary, will you pass me this? And There's nothing. Mary, can you, Mary, did you hear me? She turns around and Mary's not there. Well, what in the world happened to Mary? She goes out into the living room and there's Jesus in the couch and the disciples are all on the floor and they're listening to Jesus teach. And and Jesus is sharing this intimate moment with his disciples as they they hear from his heart and he begins to to, to unravel the, the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven to his disciples and to those that are there. And Mary's just sitting there fully engaged and, and fully pay, uh, attentive to what Jesus is saying. And she's like, Mary, they want to interrupt Jesus, but Mary, get in the, Mary, I need your help. And Mary's like, shh, Jesus is teaching. Mary, Jesus, I'm sorry, Jesus, I know you're in the middle of your point. Jesus, can can you tell my sister to get back in the kitchen to help me? I'm trying to get this dinner ready and I need, I need a couple extra hands. And, and Jesus, I just don't have enough time to do everything that I need to do in there to prepare it for you. Jesus, I'm trying to serve you. I just need more time and more help. Can you tell my sister, don't you think it's unfair? Jesus, Jesus says, listen, Martha, you're worried and distracted about all of these details and all of these things and And it's not even bad things, but it's not the most important thing. Because your sister has discovered the most important thing. The most important thing in this moment is simply sitting at my feet, is sharing and engaging in this intimate moment. And you are worried about so, and and I feel like if, if Jesus was here in the flesh today, many of us would come to Jesus and say, Jesus, it's not fair. Jesus, I need more time. Jesus, I need more resources. Jesus, I need more. And Jesus would look at us and say, listen, you are so distracted by so many other things that you're missing out on the most important thing. I wonder in our lives, how many times God was wanting to do something great in us, because he always is, He's always seeking to transform us more into his image. He's always seeking to produce a little bit more righteousness in us. He's always always seeking to grow the fruit of the spirit a little bit more in us. And I wonder how many times God's, God's wanted to do something great in us, 
but we just didn't make the time for it. And we missed out on it because we were so busy with all of these other things. How many, how many services did we miss out on? How many Converge breakouts did we not make it to? How many small groups did we say no to? How many, how many times did we say no because we were at a, at a ball game or we were at work or we were comfy sitting on the couch? And I'm not saying that those are bad things. Those are good things. Same way that it wasn't a bad thing that she was trying to prepare a meal for Jesus. It was a good thing. But so often we miss out on the great things God wants to do in us for the good things that surround us. And we need to, to, to steward our time well to allow God to do in us what he wants to do in us. The second reason is because when we fail to steward our time, we miss out on what God wants to do, not only in us, but through us. Because each of us was created with a plan. Each of us was created with a purpose. Each of us was created with specific gifts and talents and abilities and, 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 and opportunities to do something for God in his kingdom and for his glory that we miss out on so often because we don't steward our time well. The Apostle Paul wrote to the church in Ephesus in Ephesians chapter 5, and here's what he said. He says, be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity. Steward your time well. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. See, we all want to understand what the Lord wants us to do, but we don't want to steward our time well to get there. Like, show me what you want me to do, and then if I can fit it into my schedule, that's the mindset that we approach God with. Yeah. And so many people today are struggling with purpose and with meaning, and if I, if I just knew what I was created for, if I just knew what God wanted me to do, what would you do? What, what would you do? What would you do with it? You would try and squeeze it into the half hour that you had between this activity and the next activity. You, it wouldn't change anything. But we need to, to, to change the way we treat time, change the way we think about time, and instead start stewarding it well so that God can do through us what he wants to do through us. James, in James chapter 4, James says it this way, and it's interesting. In verse 13, you know, he, he says, he says don't, don't say that today or tomorrow we're going to go to this city or that city. We'll do this. We'll do that. He says, because how do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Your life is like the morning fog. It's here a little while and then poof, it's gone. What you ought to say is if the Lord wants us to, we will live and we will do this or we will do that. Otherwise, you're simply boasting about your own pretentious plans. And all boasting is evil is what James says. Now, now understand what he's saying here. He's saying don't boast about time in a way that makes it about your plans and tomorrow we'll do this and the next day we'll do that. Don't think about time as a way to do what you want to do, but what he's saying is instead, think about time because you don't even know how much time you have. You don't know when your life will be over, when your number will be called. So instead of using your time to accomplish what you want, use your time to accomplish what God wants. If the Lord wants us to, if the Lord wills it, if, if God leads me here, then, 
This is what I'm going to do. It's not about my plans, but it's about God's plans. And it's in this context of understanding time and the will of God for our lives that in verse 17, he finishes this thought by saying, now remember, it's a sin to know what you ought to do and not do it. It's in this context of stewarding time so that we can accomplish God's will in our lives and through our lives that he reminds us with those things that you know you should be doing. If you're not doing them, then for you, it is sin. Now think in your mind, what are those things that every day you get to the end of your day and it's like, I know I should have done this and I know I should have done that and I, I know the kids need to spend time, they, they need time with me and I know I should have I turned my phone off and got down on the floor and just played with my kids. I know, I know, I know my, me and my wife haven't had a real conversation in weeks. I, I know that, that I haven't spent time in God's word. I can't even find my Bible. It's on a, a, a shelf collecting dust somewhere. I know that these things are, are there and I should be doing them. But at the end of the day, I just don't have the time. If only I had more time for, for you, those things that you know you should be doing that you are not doing, James says, I don't say, James says, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, that's sin. That's, it's, it's sinful behavior to not steward our time well so that God can accomplish through us what he wants. There are people that God wants to reach through you if we would simply steward our time. Man, I, I don't have time to pray for my one today. It'd be nice if I could, could take him to lunch, but I just don't have time for that. I forgot to send him a text message because I just got too busy. So many things in our lives that we know we ought to and we, we should be doing, but because we're not managing our time, we're not stewarding our time, we're not maximizing our time, we get to the end of the day and it's if only I had more time. So how, how do we do it? Like, okay, what's the magic formula? And today, I'm not going to give you any magic formula. I'm not going to give you a five-step process to, to help you create margin in your life. Like, you're going to have to do the work on your own. And today, I'm just going to give you some things that have worked for me. And if they've worked for me, then there's a chance that at least one of these might work in some way for you to help you steward your time well so that God can accomplish in you and through you what he's planned and designed and wants to accomplish. How do we live more like Mary, just sitting at Jesus's feet, rather than Martha, distracted and busy by all of these details and all of these things? The first thing that I want to challenge you in is to change the way that you think about time. Change the way that you think about it. This last summer, my, my family, we, we all went down, me, Angel, our kids, and, and my brother and his kids, my sister and Stella, we all went down to Florida for my parents' 40th anniversary, and they renewed their vows on the beach, and, and it was beautiful, it was fun. We spent some, some time on the beach together, and there was one day we were on the beach, and you know I, I had gone out to, to get in the ocean and swim in the water, and as I, I came back, the kids were, were playing in the sand, and here's what they had created in the sand. Some of you are like, ha, huh, ha, huh, yeah, right. No, my kids didn't make this. Uh, this is actually the winning sandcastle from the San Diego uh, sandcastle building 
competition. So my kids didn't create this, but they did create a work of art, and here's what my kids created. <laughs> and if you can't if you can tell, that's my princess, that's Jewel. And there's a little, little mermaid tail that they created. And she was able to stay there for about five minutes until the sun started melting her face. And she's like, all right, get me, get me out of here. Now, now, Pastor John, that has nothing to do with anything. You're right, it doesn't. But here's what I do know when it comes to time. Is that so many of us treat time with this or review time with this scarcity mentality and a scarcity mindset. And we can either view time as sand that's sifting through our fingers, or we can view time as something that we can take and we can invest to make something beautiful. Because sand can either slip through your fingers or it can be turned into a beautiful sandcastle. And time is the same way. Your life can, can pass you by like that and leave you wondering, what did I accomplish? Or you can be intentional with your time and invest it and create something beautiful and meaningful that will last. What are you doing with your time? And change the way you think about it. Like sand through the hourglass. Those of you that are laughing, you just hold on yourselves. All the soap opera watchers. Like sand through the hourglass, so are the days of our lives. Either you watch soap operas or you're at your grandma's house and she was watching the soap opera. I don't even know if that show's on anymore. Days of our lives, General Hospital, Young and the Restless. Some of you are like having flashbacks right now. Jesus, just pray that. You can view time in one of two ways. Either the scarcity mentality that it's it's sifting through my fingers and I don't know where it's going. Or you can instead recognize that it's not that you don't have time, but you actually do have the time. You need to change your mindset. We, we, we use this excuse so often, I just don't have time. I didn't have time for it. I didn't have time to, to get it done today. I hope I have time for it tomorrow. But the reality is each and every one of us has the time. We just simply chose not to. We're, we're, as a staff, we're reading through a book called At Your Best by an author named Carrie Newhoff. And would encourage you, it's, it's a fantastic book. It's, it's, it's helped me and Angel out a, a lot in, in our marriage, in our lives, uh, when it comes to, to stewarding our time well. But in his book, here's, here's what Carrie says. Carrie says, stop saying that you don't have the time and start admitting that you just didn't make the time. Well, I just don't have time. No, it's not that you didn't have it. You just didn't make it because we all have the same number of hours in the day. And so I'm here to tell you today that that, that excuse is no longer valid. You do have time. You do have time to read that book. You do have time to write that book. You do have time to take your wife on a date. You do have time to spend some of it with the kids. You do have time to go to the gym. You do. You do have time. You do have time to spend in God's word. You have time to, to join a small group. You have time to serve. You have time to volunteer. You have, you have time that you can do. These things that you've been saying, one day when I have time, then I will. I'm here to tell you that you do have 
the time. Stephen Covey, in his, his book, First Things First, he says this, the, the, the key is not in spending time, but in investing it. The key is not in spending time, but in investing it. So what are you investing your time in? See, we use language around time like language that we use around money. We say, can you, can, hey, can you, can you buy me some time? Right? We, we spend time with people or we, we spend time doing the things that we enjoy doing. We tell people, yeah, I have, I have a minute to spare. Like it's the dollar in our pocket that we're giving to the man on the corner. I've got some time that I can spare. But if we started treating our time like an investment, rather than something that we don't, we don't know where it's going, we don't know what's happening, it's just flashing before our eyes, but, but instead use it to invest in the things that you love and in the things that you value. And that leads us to, to, the, to the next point. We need to stop trying to manage and start prioritizing our time. Stop trying to manage, but instead prioritize your time. There's there's hundreds and thousands of, of books and, and talks and, and all of these things on time management. And I didn't want to just give, give you a TED talk today. My job is not to give you a, a self-help talk on time management today. Because stewardship is different than management. Because stewardship benefits his kingdom and not us. And so we have to, to change this mindset from trying to manage our time to prioritizing our time. Because you can't manage your time. You can't manage time. There's only one who can manage time. There's only one who is the beginning and the end. There's only one who measures the span of eternity. There's, there's only one, and that's God, and you are not him. And so you cannot manage time. In, in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, Solomon said it, said it this way. He says, to everything there is a season and a time to any, every purpose under the heaven. Now, I don't know if you're like me, but every time I, I read this verse, I can't help but read it in sing song. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? The birds, 1965, turn, 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 right? All right, I'll, hey, you're gonna help me out? To everything. I asked if you were going to help me, and that's what, you, that's what you helped me with? That's what you got? You want to try and read it in sing song, or should we just not even try? One more try? I'll give you one more chance. I'm, last chance. To everything. <laughs> Y'all done. Done. <laughs> Pastor Andre, I don't know how you do it. Pastor Renee, how do you guys do it and try and lead them? You got the words on the screens? You got the words on the screens here? You can't even sing in tune. Some of you clap. Some of you thought that this was just a song. It's actually the entire song is Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses 1 through 8. To everything, turn, turn, turn. There is a season, turn, turn, turn. Under heaven. Go ahead, Georgia. At least somebody can sing with me. A time to be born, a time to die. There we go. All right, so at least you, you, 
You get the gist of it. Some of you have probably never heard that song and you think we're all just losing our minds and some of us might be, but he's writing and saying, essentially there's a time for everything. And if you know the song or you know the verse, he, he goes on to say, you know, there's, there's a time to scatter stones. There's a time to gather them up. There's a, a time to weep and a time to laugh. There's a time to, 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 for war. There's a time for peace, a time for everything. For every season, there's a time, right? And what he's, what he's saying is you can't control the seasons. Essentially, you can't manage time. You can't control what's going on around you. But what you can do is prioritize your time in that season. Prioritize your time in that season. John Maxwell said, said this, that time management is an oxymoron. Time is beyond our control. The clock keeps ticking regardless of how we lead our lives. Priority management is the answer to maximizing the time we have. So stop trying to manage your time and stop reading books on time management and stop listening to podcasts on time management. Instead, change your mind to think about how do I prioritize my time? Here's the difference. Time management looks at all of the things that I have to get done and then says, says what can I do here? What can I do there? How can I make all of this fit? How can I manage it and arrange it in a way that lets me be the most effective in terms of my to-do list, priority management says, what are the things that are most important to me in my life? And then let me give the best part of my time to those things. If God is number one in my life, then I need to make sure then that I am prioritizing my time in a way that reflects that God is a priority in my life. If my spouse or my family is number two, then my time needs to reflect that. And I need to make sure that I'm using time to invest in the things that are important in my life. And may it not just be something that I say, but something that I show with the time that I allocate and invest in these things. My health is important to me. So I will invest time into to, to maintaining the, the temple that God has given me and taking care of it. And so I'll get up and I'll go for a walk and I'll go to the gym and I'll be active and I'll be healthy and I'll try and do some of these things rather than sitting there and binge watching Netflix from the time I get home from work to the time that I fall asleep. And even after I fall asleep, have you ever woken up the next day and went to, 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 to restart your show from where you left off, but it played like four episodes while you were sleeping and then you can't remember where you even fell asleep at. So you have to fast forward through, through. that's just me. I'm the only one. We give our time to all of these other things. And then we lay there in bed at night and it's like, man, I wish I would have had time for. If only I had more time. You do have the time. You're just you're just communicating with your time that there are things that are more important than your relationship with God. You're just communicating to your spouse that golf or fishing or hunting or the car you're building or whatever that hobby is, the boys, what you're communicating is that is more important than you because they're getting the better part of my time than I'm giving to you. What you're telling your kids is that work is more important than you. 
Because it's not about time management. It's about priority management and understanding the priorities and the things that are important to you in your life. Lao Tzu, who was a Chinese philosopher, said it this way, to say that I don't have time is simply saying I don't want to. So the next time your kids ask you to go do something and your response, knee jerk, is I just don't have time. Instead, what you should be saying is, I really just don't want to. That's <laughs> really quiet. Next time that, that God, you, you, you feel God tugging on you, it's like, oh, I know I, should, I know I should turn this TV off and spend time in his word. God, I, don't, I, I didn't have time today to spend with you. I was listening to a podcast on the way to work and I know I could have been listening to worship music and just, just reflecting on your goodness, but I, just, I, I didn't have time to. No, you just didn't want to. Because when we say we don't have time, what we're really saying in terms of priority management is just that I don't want to and that there are things that are more important right now. What would, what would your time tell others about the things that are important in your life. If I were just to look at your calendar, if, if there was to be like a, a, a hidden camera crew, God forbid, following us around, right? Like, if we're in the Truman Show, what would, what would how you spend your time tell other people about what is most important in your life? It's a scary thought, but Bible says that where our treasure is, there our heart will be also. And your treasure is not just your financial or your monetary treasure. But time is a treasure that God has given. The present is a gift that God has given us. The breath in our lungs is only because of his mercy and his grace. And so the time that we have is valuable and we treasure it. And where we place our time is where our heart is. So what are those things that you are saying by your daily schedule are most important to you. Are you making time for God? Are you making time for the people closest to you that matter the most and mean the most to you? Are you making time for, for taking care of yourself? Are you making time for relationship with others? Are you making time for accountability and, and people around you that can encourage you when you need to be encouraged and challenge you when you need to be challenged and pray for you when you need somebody to be on their knees agreeing with you? Do you have those people or are you still too busy and not have the time for community? Start prioritizing it. And then thirdly, remove distractions. And this is the hardest one for me. Remove distractions. I am easily distracted. Anybody else easily distracted? Like you're in the middle of something and it's like, ooh, squirrel, right? Like <laughs> something shiny flashes and it's like, oh, look at that. You know the problem? You know what the, you know what the squirrel or the, the, the flashy, shiny thing is? For so many of us, it's, it's this right here. It's, it's our phones. We are so easily distracted and we invite it in because we carry our distraction with us everywhere. In the past, it used to be that there would have to be these outside forces or these outside things that come out of nowhere and distract. And now we willingly take it with us 
everywhere we go. Three different types of distractions that I want to talk to you about. I'm just going to go through these really quickly. But, but first of all, I'm going to talk about technological distractions. Technological distractions. They, they've studied and they've done research and they found that the, the average person picks up their phone, and I've just done it probably five times in the last minute, picks up their phone 2,600 times a day. And that's not, I mean, that's not like checking or actively doing something on your phone, but picks it up and does something 2,600 times a day. And some of you are like, there's no way that's like humanly possible. 2,600 times, that's just the average. They say heavy users, and I'm a recovering heavy user myself. I can admit that. Heavy users average 5,400 times a day. 5,400 times we touch, we pick up, we engage, just to make sure that it's, it's still there. All right, just making sure, okay, don't go too far. You ever, like, ran a real quick errand, like, two, three minutes? I'll be gone for two minutes. I'm going to run to the gas station. I'm going to run to Menards. I'm going to do something really quick. And you, you get down the street, and it's like, oh. Panic sets in, and you're like Jason Bourne whipping Yui's in the middle of the road to run home to get your phone. You come running in, it's like, oh, it's still there. Okay. I just, I couldn't have made it to the store and back without my phone. I just, is that just, as a heavy user, that's just me. Does anybody else relate to that? Come on, don't be, listen, it's okay. We're all in this together. We're all a work in progress. I've done that. And I've walked in the door and angels looked at me and was like, Really? Really? Like, listen, average user. <laughs> 5,600 times a day. And in this book, At Your Best, Kerry's talking about this. And he, he, he talks about how one day he counted up all of his inboxes and, and just the number of ways that, that people can, can get your attention. Like, hey, John. Hey, hey, hey. And he counted them up. And I counted my inboxes. You know how many inboxes I have for people to get my attention? 10 inboxes. I have 10 ways. I have a couple of email addresses. I've got, you know, we all have the, the, the junk email address that we use to sign up for stuff and enter raffles. So I've got the, the junk email address, which is how all my passwords get hacked all the time. And then uh, I've got my work email address. And then I have, you know, Facebook Messenger. And there's a couple of accounts, not that I have a couple of personal accounts, but uh, a couple of Facebook accounts that I, ha I have the Messenger app for, my personal one, the church one. Then I have uh, Instagram and then I have Twitter. And then there's Snapchat and then TeamSnap, which is the way that all of our kids' teams communicate. So different parents are asking different things. Can you pick up my kid over here and do this? Can you work the concessions? Blah, 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 all that fun stuff. And so I've got, I've got Messenger, I've got my phone. Uh, and so there, there's 10 different e inboxes that, that I'm constantly bombarded with. And it's constant. And we know what it, it sounds like because it's the bzz, 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 bzz. And that's not, that's just inboxes. That's just, that's just people. That's not apps. And that's not news. And that's not reports. And that's not scores. And that's not stories. And that's not tweets. And that's not posts. And that's not, you got to check. That's just people. And then I got a bunch of robots that are trying to get my attention every day too. And so I've got, I've got this thing going crazy, going crazy, going crazy with, with technological distractions and then with people distractions. <laughs> you know that person that when they, they call you, it's like, 
Or when, when, when they text you, you try and open your phone without opening the message. <laughs> Just so that you can go into the settings to make sure that your red receipts is turned off before you open. Like, just want to make sure. And some of you are like, wait, I can turn that off on my phone? Game changer. Game changer. Because it's one thing for them just to text you and be like, they'll get back to me. It's another thing for them to see that you read the message and still haven't replied. Phone calls, emails. Can we, would you like to? I've got this. And we, we feel bad oftentimes for saying no. So we say yes, and we say yes, and we say yes, and we say yes, and, and it's just another distraction. And it's not that these people aren't important. Everybody is important. But maybe it's just that you're not the most important at this moment. And maybe there are other things that, that I need to take care of, and I will get back to you, but don't expect me to right now. Sometimes I'll get, I'll get people that message me on Facebook, and I don't even check that every day. But there are people that message me on Facebook and then like three hours later, someone's calling me like, hey, so-and-so's looking for you. Like, okay. It's been three hours. I'll get back to them when I can, but I'm with my family right now or I'm studying right now or I'm doing this. There's something else that I'm engaging in that, that is taking priority in my life at this moment. And it's not to say that, listen, if that's you and you're here and you're like, you didn't call me back right away. I'm, I'm sorry. First of all, you're lucky that you even have my cell phone number. Secondly, like, I'm sorry. And it's not that you're not important, but there are things that are more important. And so it's okay to say no. You, you need the freedom to be able to, to say no at times. And it's not so that you can be this super hardcore introvert just carrying a no card around with you to everybody. Like, the answer's no! Like, no, that, you know. It's not really what we're saying here. But in those times where we're engaged or where we're doing something or those good things we know we ought to be doing that we haven't been able to do or give time towards, rather than saying yes to somebody else or something else, maybe then just prioritize some of those things. There's people distractions. There's technology distractions, there's environmental distractions. Some of you are just surrounded by just so much distraction. You just, you just fill your life with distraction. Man, when COVID hit, I applaud those of you that were able to work from home. I couldn't do it. I, could, I, I literally, I could, not, I could not do it. Because when, I, when I'm in my house, you know what else is in my house? My TV is in my house. The Xbox is in the house. My refrigerator, this biggest distraction. My refrigerator. I don't like I get distracted with TV and like if there's a new video game that I want to play, like I might get distracted by a video game for like a week here or there. But like the biggest distraction in my life in my house is that refrigerator. Like, no, I'm not hungry, but I would like a sandwich. <laughs> and isn't it crazy how that, you know, we, we go to the fridge and we open the fridge? as if something was placed there in the last 30 minutes that we didn't see the first time. We stare in the refrigerator the same way we stare at the fast food menu at the restaurant we're at once a week. And it's like, hmm, what do they have? 
Like, you know what they have. They have the same things that they had the last thousand times you came in here, but you're just sitting there like, what do I want? Staring in the fridge like, ah, what sounds good? Just, <laughs> so I'm just losing it now. It's lunchtime. <laughs> And it's daylight savings. I'm tired. I'm hungry. Let's just pray. Lord, no. (laughs) Distractions. We get so easily distracted. And I just did. Not even by my physical fridge, but the thought of my fridge. (laughs) Just distracting me. There are things things that God is, is wanting to do in us. Things he's wanting to produce in us heart changes that he's wanting to make, grace he's wanting to pour out, encouragement he's wanting to share, broken pieces that he's wanting to put back together. So many things that God is wanting to do in us, but if we fail to steward our time well, we don't give him the time to. And then we go to him and we say, God, why haven't you done this? God, do you not love me? Do you not see me? Do you not hear me? God, why are you not moving in my life? God's just there like you haven't even given me time to. Martha, Martha, why are you so worried about all of these things? Your sister has found the best thing. Would you just be content to sit at my feet? The meal will take care of itself. And even if it doesn't, bring me a piece of bread and I can multiply it. But just sit at my feet and just be with me and allow me to to deposit in you what I want to. Maybe some of us, it's the struggle of finding meaning in our life. And it's like, God, I wish I had purpose and I wish I had meaning and I wish I knew what you created me for. And it's, it's like, if you would just prioritize time with me, then you could, you could take a step in the direction I'm leading. And you could follow me this way. And as you follow me this way, that's what opens the door to the fullness of the abundant life that I've created you for and the, the fullness of the plan that I have for you. But you're so busy with all of these other things and it's not that they're bad things, but is it the most important thing? According to our time, maybe it is, but maybe today is the day that we, address, we, we readjust that. We start to prioritize our time rather than manage our time. We start to change the way we think about time. And rather than thinking about time as something that we're always losing, think about time as something that we have and we can intentionally invest each and every day. Is it going to slip through your fingers or will you take it and build something beautiful for his kingdom, for your life, for your family? Are we going to remove distractions? You know what I found? One of the most helpful things, there's this function and I, I had always seen it, but I had never messed with it. It's called do not disturb. It's actually crazy. You just, you just hit this one button. And what this one button does is it tells every robot and every person, not right now. Not right now. Listen, Instagram, ESPN, not right now. He's spending time with his wife. Not right now, he's with his kids. Not right now, he's studying. Not right now, he's with the Lord. Not right now, now's not the right time. And then when I've invested time in those areas, you know what happens? I turn the do not disturb off 
and I'm blasted in the side of the face with 300 notifications. But at least at that point, I've chosen to give the best part of my time to the most important things. And if I happen to have five minutes, 10 minutes, and I know these things are taken care of, okay, let's see what so-and-so had for lunch today. (laughs) And see pictures of their dog. That's cute. Nice. Distractions are killers. I'll close with this and then we'll, we'll pray and be dismissed. But I know I'm mentioning this book just because we're, we're reading it and it's, it's impacted me a lot and, and we're reading through it as a team. But he says that the research has shown that, that one distraction it takes us, takes the average person 25 minutes to recover from one distraction. Either one, because, you know, you get a notification and it's like, oh, look at that. And then all of a sudden we start swiping and, you know, you've, you've, you've been there. The one five minute YouTube video you were going to watch has now turned into the entire recommended list because they know you so well. And all of these look so good. I just got to watch them all. Or you open your phone for just a, just a minute, just to reply to a message, you put your phone down and it's like, where was I? Have you ever been there? And this is like what, like light bulb moment for me, because there are a lot of times where I'll be sitting there, I'll be studying, I'll be doing something, I'll be preparing a sermon, I'll be having conversation with somebody and mid conversation, my phone will go off or, or as, I'm, as I'm writing, phone will go off and I'll look at it and I'll put it, it's like, what were you saying? My wife is groaning on the front row. Or I'll go back and it's like, what was I writing? And I'll go back and I'll read like the paragraph before. And it's like, that didn't even make sense. What was I saying? Where was I going with this? 25 minutes to recover from one distraction. And 26 to 5,400 times a day, we are picking up our distraction machine. And it's no wonder why we get to the end of the day and we're laying there and it's like, what did we even do? Was I really able to do what I, what I needed to, what I know was important, what I wanted to, or did I just do a bunch of stuff? Today, it's not that we need more time. It's that we need to stop wasting the time he's given us. May we start stewarding, make the most of our time, and let God do in us and through us what he wants. Amen? Amen. Stand with me this morning. Lord, we thank you for your word. God, we thank you that that it's applicable to us today, thousands of years later. Lord, I thank you that, that whether we come into this place today as Martha or we come into this place today as Mary, your invitation is the same regardless, to come and to sit at your feet. And Lord, for those of us that that have gotten to the end of our days and too often looked back and said, sorry, Lord, I didn't have time for you today. May we first change the way we think about it and be honest with ourselves that it's not that we didn't have the time, it's that we didn't make the time. And it's not that we we didn't have the time, it's that we didn't want to. Lord, may we be, be honest 
about the time you've given us. May we, may we steward well the time that you've given us. May we give you opportunities to speak into us and to heal us and to encourage us and to challenge us and to strengthen us and to lead us and to guide us. Lord, may we steward our time to allow you time to do that. Thank you that as we follow you, you lead us in paths of righteousness. You lead us into the fullness of the purpose that you've created us for. But, but Lord, first, we've got to get out of the kitchen and at your feet. We've got to stop worrying about all of the distractions and all of the things and, and just be intimate in those moments with you. Lord, today, I pray that you would renew our mind through the power of your word that we would have a different perspective that we would not manage but prioritize, that we would, we would leave this place committed to removing distractions, to, 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 to making the most important things in our lives, those things that get the best of our time, the best of our days. Lord, we love you. We thank you. Pray that you would go with us this week and as we steward well the gift of time that you have given us. Lord, do in us and through us exactly what you want. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. 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 God bless you, church. Next week, if only I had more money. I want to invite you back. It's going to be good. See you guys. Love you. Here at Dream City Omaha, we are all about helping people discover Christ, recover identity, and uncover purpose. Please explore our past videos, sermon series, and online classes, and don't forget to like and subscribe for more.